I had put so many kind of coping mechanisms in, in place in my life for my own mental health. And then the pandemic just, they were gone. And I'm such an extrovert as well. So my experience was all of my coping mechanisms that made me feel good were gone. I got my energy from other people and all of a sudden I didn't have those other people. And the only way I can describe it is it was like a slow unraveling of my own mental health. I think it's like we, we as human beings, we put so much significance on everything. And it's like, actually, we are all as inconsequential as a grain of sand. And if we live our lives that way, which by that I mean the decisions that we make aren't this colossal thing. They are, they're colossal to us, of course, but in the grand scheme of things. It's like, so if you can make any decision right now with the knowledge that actually this decision isn't this world-breaking thing, what would it be? And she was like, I'd fire all of our clients. I took the time and I took the space I was being offered and I got the help I needed. And that has ended up in a neurodiverse diagnosis so I've been diagnosed with ADHD in November which was completely undetected my whole life so I can now I've now got a framework to start to go why did I find all of these things so difficult why have I been navigating these issues my whole life what is going to help me from a neurodiverse perspective rather than just doing the things that help everyone else so it and, and I feel like I've come back from that with a much more solid relationship with Sophie a much more solid relationship with the team a much better understanding myself with of myself and a much better framework in my life through which to manage my own mental health so I'd, and, and that would never have happened if I hadn't just stopped. But but what I've always thought was interesting is that we've got the language we use, like work hard. Like everything has to be hard. And if it's hard, then well done, you're a good person and you deserve whatever. It's like, well, what about ease and flow and being in your joy? What about feeling fulfilled in what you're doing? Like. Why is that not what we strive for? Why is why is like quiet moments lying on your backs contemplating the universe? Like that's not laziness. That's really that's just that's really the the essence of being alive. Welcome to the County Business Talks podcast, powered by Picturebook Films. Here, we're going to be talking to entrepreneurs and business owners from across Sussex, delving into the mindsets of what makes them really tick. Okay, welcome to another episode of the County Business Talks podcast. I'm delighted to welcome, for the first time on the podcast, two guests this week. In 2017, my guest co-founded The Joyful, a brand development and digital market agency for businesses that want to make an impact, make an impact, challenge the status quo, launch positive and purposeful marketing campaigns and build communities for their customers. They are passionate about helping purpose-driven brands grow and supporting impact-driven entrepreneurs, as well as promoting a culture of flexibility, well-being, and conscious working in the digital sector. As a business, they stand for joy, authenticity, courage, and impact. I met them both at a business expo last year, and we discussed their business journey and some of the tough times they faced, like many, especially through the pandemic. After that, after that conversation, I've been very excited to have them both on as guests on the podcast and share their journey with our listeners. So today, I'm delighted to welcome Alice Reeves and Sophie Turton to the, to the podcast. Hello. 
Ross. Hello. How are we? Hi. Thanks. How are you? Listen, great to have you on. Like I said, when we first sort of met at, at the at the expo, we had a bit of a chat about it, and I was like, look, it'd be great to get you on. And so I'm delighted. I know you come down from York, so you say, look, delighted <laughs> come to. Come on, oh, <laughs> Of course, of course. <laughs> but listen, delighted. Let, let, let's, as always, we're just going to crack straight on. So, um, I want to ask both of you. Like, you both had long sort of careers in marketing. Um, how did you both meet, come together? Why in 2017 did you did you start start your business? Wow, um, it's quite a romantic story. It is. Um, so, <laughs> so I love a bit of romance. We had we had both. You're right. We have both been working um, in marketing for for many years. Um, interestingly, both got into marketing in a similar way mm. through journalism. Uh, in case you didn't know, listeners, journalism is um, <laughs> slightly corrupt in its uh, in its approach sometimes, and, and neither of us felt like it was what we really wanted to be spending our energy doing. Um, so we both got into marketing that way, and um, we'd kind of known about each other on the circuit by different um, seeing each other do different talks. Um, Alice came and watched me do a talk at Brighton SEO about. Uh, user-generated content, which I'm super passionate about. And I think it was the first time that you'd heard someone yeah. talk about something like that. And she was like, oh, I just, you know, really like on Twitter was just like, I just love everything you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> um, and, you know, that really pampered my ego. So yeah. I was like, I wonder who she is. <laughs> um, See, so then long story short, about two years after that, um, I approached her and just said, you know, let's let's meet up. We should do something. Um, and at the time I was still drinking and um, we were going to go to a yoga class. And instead we decided that we would go out for some wine. And in just that one conversation, we talked about how much we found the marketing industry to be quite corrupt itself, yeah. pervasive, how frustrated we were about selling products that we really didn't believe in and how much we wanted there to exist an agency that was doing things differently. And Alice was like, well, I think you should quit your job and start an agency with me. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> and that's what I Literally did. Literally as simple as that. Yeah, you seriously. Just... And then, so we had like a, well, a shotgun a shotgun wedding. Um, <laughs> a shotgun business creation. Yeah. <laughs> I quit my I quit my job. Um, we started the business in September 2017. We went on holiday. We sat on a beach, like a little honeymoon. Uh, decided what our values were going to be. Um, and then we created The Joyful, which <laughs> has now been running for nearly five years and, oh, wow. and has a presence all over the UK working with clients that have a global presence. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was it was a kind of a snapshot decision that really yeah. worked for us. That's amazing. And, but, so, because I often ask this as well, did, did, was there ever, for, you've been in marketing for a long time, but was there ever, until that point, was there ever, for either of you, a point of going, oh, one day I'm always going to run my own business? That Was was that always in your yeah. mindset? And yeah. what, if so, where, where does that come from? Like, was that from a young age that you was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, do what I'll do and I'm going to get out of there and I'm going to one day. So so for me it was when I was uh, doing, so I did my journalism qualification straight after university yeah. and I um, 
I got a job as a personal assistant, what's like a work experience gig as a personal assistant yeah, to yeah. Um, a freelance journalist. Okay. And he basically taught me, showed me what it was to be self-employed. And then my career in journalism didn't work out. And one of my first ever jobs was working for the Brighton Chamber of Commerce. So I just yeah. immediately like fresh faced, couple of years out of uni, straight into like this whole world of business networking, meeting entrepreneurs, meeting business owners, <laughs> seeing all of the, you know, all of the incredible stuff they were achieving, how passionate they were about what they were doing. Yeah. And I sort of was like, I'm going to keep all these people as my friends because <laughs> one day, yeah. one day I'm going to do what they're doing. Um, and it was always in my head, like, I want to I wanna start my own business by the time I'm 30. I want to do it by the time I'm 30. And mm. I and I didn't do it. And I stayed in jobs that made me miserable. And then on my 30th birthday, I was, I just, I'd been miserable in my job for months. Yeah. And I went into work on my birthday and it's like something in my head just snapped. Like, really? and I was like, this voice just went like, you are 30 years old. You are a grown up. You do not have to put up with this shit anymore. Um, and I just handed my notice in. Wow. Wow. And, uh, and we're sort of like, you know, it's now or never. I love that. And so when I met Sophie, I'd already been freelancing for about six months, but mm. like, I'm such an extrovert and I, I really need to be around people and like yeah, yeah. doing it on my own, trying to figure it all out on my own in like my bedroom was just not doing it for me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and I was just like, right, I need a business partner. And sort of, you know, we're big like we're so I sort of was sort of saying like every day to the universe, I was like, please send me the perfect business partner. <laughs> and then like people started to go like, have you met Sophie Turton? You should really meet Sophie Turton. Oh my God, have you met Sophie Turton? I feel I feel like you two would get on really well. And then we met and I was just like, oh yeah, she's the one. She's the one. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that. And what about you, sir? Was it similar like you with the business side of things? What were yeah, I mean, I, I'd i been freelancing since right at the beginning of my career, yeah, 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 which sure. started when I was living in China. And I sort of forced my way into having a column for Shanghai Daily. Um, nice. <laughs> like talking about fake it till you make it. 23 yeah. <laughs> year old Sophie, like living at large in China, pretending like I was a journalist. Um, <laughs> and, um, but I'd always been terrified of fully going for it so I had a job and freelanced on the side and I just worked all hours um, to kind of balance the two things mm -hmm. but my mum has had a business my whole life my dad has wow, had okay. several businesses and I, I've just kind of been surrounded by this business you that world yeah, yeah, yeah and I just I love business like yeah. I feel like for us personally, it's been the best self-development tool oh, ever yeah. because, my God, if you, I'm sure you understand that too, Sam. Like, If you ever want to come up against your ego, start a business. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And start a business with someone else Oh yeah, if you really want to come up against <laughs> your ego. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All, of your, all of your deepest, darkest, hidden <laughs> neuroses will come out. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it was, it was a fear thing for me. Like, it was kind of a all of the sort of obstacles I was putting in my own way. Yeah. And then in 2017, personally, my life kind of just totally fell apart. So it really was kind of a, well, what have you got to lose? Yeah. And then having somebody else to do it with made all of the difference. Yeah. So yeah, I would never go back to employment now. It's strange. <laughs> it, it, there's so many people, but we talk about on, on here a lot, like 
when you started your own work, you have run your own business for a long time. That you know, you almost almost become unemployable after that. Like I always <laughs> say, I've always said to myself, look, I've got six year old twins. I would, you know, if I needed to put food on the table, I've always been a grafter. I'd go out and get a job, and yeah. that would, but it would be a last resort for me. I'd ha- just because not I'm not fine of hard work. I've worked as the business owners would probably work harder than most, but it's just that thought process of going, you know this is who I am as an individual mm. and kind of trying to do that. So yeah. that's really, really interesting. I'm really keen as well, because I noticed obviously doing a bit of research. So, so Alice, you also are an author of children's books. Yeah. Is that right? yeah. Tell me a bit about that. I'm really intrigued to find out about that. So, so similar to Sophie, I'd sort of, even though I'd had a job, I'd always like, I've always had like a, a few side hustles. Hustles, yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and with the with the children's books, I was I was actually dating someone at the time who was an author. So I was very much kind of in like the self publishing world yeah, yeah, um, sure. with 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 them, and um, and I was. It was around the time where like there'd been something had kicked off in the press around like trans kids yeah. once again, like so much hatred from from the right wing press. I was yeah. I felt like everywhere I turned. Like my trans friends, my LGBT friends were were getting hate, and mm. you know I was probably starting to question my own gender at the time, mm. and and the whole kind of anti-trans rhetoric felt so prevalent, and you know this was back in like 2014, 2015, wow, okay. and yeah. it, you know, so it, there even then it was really, really starting, you know, before even before the whole like J.K. Rowling yeah. stuff all blew up, yeah. and um and. I was having a conversation with my partner at the time and and I, and I just made an offhand comment like the concept of gender is not difficult. The concept of being trans is not difficult. I could explain it to a five-year-old. What is these people's problems? Yeah. And he just went, go on then, explain it to a five-year-old. So I just spitballed off the top of my head and he went, that's a kid's book. Wow. And I so And so that was where the story for the first kid's book came to me yeah. um, which is called Vincent the Vixen which is about a young fox who mm. uh, is born a boy fox and then realises that they're actually a girl fox yeah. um, and then off the back of that kind of three more stories just came out in the creative process around like not fitting in um, changing yourself to to be like other people and, and feel like you belong imposter syndrome yeah. um, and then disability as well because I've got a lot of you know disabled friends that again come up again again at a, you know come up against prejudice again and yeah. again so so i sort of wrote those four stories and you know then met an illustrator uh, phoebe kirk who's a local illustrator who's brilliant um we met up and sort of had a conversation of like you know i saw her speak at an event went up to her and said look i love your work would you ever consider illustrating children's books yeah. <laughs> and she was just like not something I had considered but you know she really really bought into the concept of, of what wow. we were doing and so the name Truth and Tales came about because you know, it's all about telling the fundamental truths of humanity and yeah. celebrating diversity eliminating prejudice encouraging acceptance um, so we self-published the four books and then after a couple of years we um, 
we realized self-publishing is really, really difficult and we weren't mm. really getting anywhere. Um, so we started approaching publishers because the books fit really well into the PS- PSHE curriculum for, yeah, yeah, sure. for secondary schools. So we spoke to some teachers, we got their backing and then we, we took it to a, an educational publisher that specialized in mental health, gender um and you know those sorts of issues impacting impacting young people and they took on all four books so we published they were published wow. uh, in 2017 wow. so yeah that is incredible what oh, that's, that's amazing <laughs> uh, just i mean just from a personal point of view so I, i've got twins I'm, i alluded to they're, they're, they're six um and luca and sienna um boy and a girl and then you know luca has been, has been questioning his gender since probably about 18 months, two years old. And the amount he's taught me over the last six years of his life has been amazing. Um, for, for, from that, he's, but he, he goes to school most days dressed as a girl, he refers to, and, he, and he's really gender fluid, so he'll go mm-hmm. from, he refers to himself as he, she, or they yep. on different days. and mm-hmm. and. It's just amazing, like I say, from from a personal point of view, that amazing that you've done that, which is mm. fantastic. So thank you for, I guess, <laughs> from a personal point of view, and uh, that's amazing. Um, and yeah, like I say, I, I'm on a journey with with him, and and you know, on on that, and it's been amazing to open my eyes to yeah. to, to, to to that thing, and to the fact that you've actually broached that yeah. subject and put it yeah. out there as well. And there is incredible so oh, thank you. amazing and it, you know it came it came from a space of like kids ask these questions mm. and then grown-ups answer them yeah. and you know we fully believe you know the you know phoebe and i fully believe that if a child is old enough to ask a question they're mm. old enough to know the truth yeah, and the difficulty can come from the parents not really having the tools to yeah. explain yeah. what's happening so that Absolutely. was primarily the, the reason for creating these books was to help parents, you know, and explain to not just the, the children that are experiencing these issues, but the friends of the kids who are experiencing these issues. So they know what to say yeah, yeah, yeah. when their friends are struggling yeah. as well. So you know, so much of it is about cultivating empathy and, and understanding. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's amazing. Look, we, we could potentially have another whole podcast. <laughs> and we maybe we'll keep that one in the bag because yeah. I'd... I'd, I'd <laughs> I'd love to continue on that conversation, certainly. But um, let, let, we, we, we'll, move, we'll move on. We're going. So I wanted to obviously talk about, you know, running a business. And like, like, as I sort of mentioned with the whole conversation we had at the expo, um, you know, running a business can be difficult. We face lots of challenges, you know. And lockdown itself and uh, something that none of us put in our business plan. Nope. How do we uh, plan for a, a global pandemic? Mm. So... I know you sort of mentioned around mental health and stuff mm-hmm. around that sort of time. So just as business parts, t- talk to me about, about that period and, you know, the start of lockdown and those those sort of challenges. Um, well, it's interesting because we've had a different set of challenges from a lot of businesses. So I really want to prefix it by saying we really understand how fortunate we have been mm. Because we work in a a digital world. So when the pandemic happened and everybody suddenly had to come online, we had an awful lot more opportunities Mm. to support different businesses, 
uh, we created a lot of offerings to help businesses mm-hmm. that were a lot more cost um, effective for to allow for everybody to be able to work with us in different ways. And our business has grown quite massively. Like it's doubled in the last year and, and nearly tripled since the beginning of the pandemic. So in terms yeah. of our revenue, yeah that hasn't really been an impact for us sure. in terms of our mental health as leaders sitting on our own in a in a room you know, we when i lived in brighton we lived literally just across from each other yeah. and we still mm-hmm. didn't see each other for, for months because we really were sort of following the rules yeah, yeah, sure. um and just this kind of slog this feeling of constantly having to keep everything going mm. then bringing on staff and dealing with their mental health um, in during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always, I think, as business leaders, and I, I don't think this is right, but it is kind of like, kind of like when you're a parent as well, like yeah. your needs and your mental health get put to the yeah. side to prioritize the needs yeah, of, course. Yeah. of your team, prioritize the needs of the business, prioritize the needs of your clients. So it's been like really challenging in just keeping everything going yeah. and not having any space any time, none of the stuff that people talk about as being the positive sides of the pandemic, like, oh, well, I just got loads of space to figure myself <laughs> out. And I'm like, oh. We created a lot, <laughs> which yeah, yeah, has yeah. been, and we've learned a lot. Um, so there's a lot of really great things to that. But the other side of that has been a real impact to mental health. Yeah. <laughs> I personally moved my whole life up to York as well, halfway through the pandemic. So we've been navigating having uh, such a huge amount of distance as well. Yeah, sure. Coming out of that and and how does that look and how Mm -hmm. do we work and what do we want to create for ourselves and our company? It's all been an interesting challenge. so yeah, it's in ups and downs, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I I think Sophie's absolutely right. Like when, when the pandemic hit everything just felt like it got 10 times busier and i think that you know i'm I, i'm happy like i'm happy to speak like really authentically but yeah. like for me i had put so many kind of coping mechanisms in in place in yeah. my life for my own mental health and then the pandemic just they were gone and I'm such an extrovert as well. So my experience was all of my coping mechanisms that made me feel good were gone. Yeah. I got my energy from other people and all of a sudden I didn't have those other people. And the only yeah. way I can describe it is it was like a slow unraveling of my own mental health. Yeah. I didn't quite realize it was happening. Sophie could see it coming. Mm. I was in denial. And then it ended up getting so bad that, you know, we had to have a conversation where, you know, it was like, I am not fit to lead a business. I am not fit to support Sophie. I am not fit to look after myself. I am not being an asset to this organization in my current state. And thankfully I have an incredibly supportive business partner and I know how difficult this was for Sophie, you know, to just say to me, "Just, just stop, take a month. And I took a month off and like, my God, having to navigate all of those feelings of I've let Sophie down, I've let my team down, I've let myself down, Mm. I've let my clients down, I'm not fit to run a business, I can't do that, like just this world of all of that stuff. Wow. But, you know, I, I, I took it, I took the time and I took the space I was being offered and I got the help I needed and that has 
ended up in a neurodiverse diagnosis. So I've been diagnosed with ADHD in November, which was completely undetected my whole life. So I can now, I've now got a framework to start to go, why did I find all of these things so difficult? Why Why have I been navigating these issues my whole life? What is gonna help me from a neurodiverse perspective rather than just doing the things that help everyone else? So it and and I feel like I've come back from that with a much more solid relationship with Sophie, a much more solid relationship with the team, a much better understanding myself with of myself yeah. and a much better framework in my life through which to manage my own mental health. So I and and that would never have happened if I hadn't just stopped Stop. yeah. and, and taken that time. It. And she it. had to fight like, me. It's like, I don't want to hear from you yeah. <laughs> for a moment. Yeah. Well, not as a friend, yeah. of course, as a yeah, friend. Yeah, no, no, no. But, uh, course, in, the, but... in the context yeah. of business, I don't want to hear from you for a month. You need to take yeah. this time. But yeah. actually what it has given is access for us to... We, we started the business because we wanted to recreate the agency model. Yeah. And it's so hard to do that with no blueprint for what that looks like. Yeah, yeah sure. This is fed into what does that mean what does it mean to create an agency model that doesn't just suck the yeah. bones of you dry yeah. yeah actually it means totally rethinking the way of work totally yeah. stepping outside of this mentality that that a lot of creative agencies operate mm-hmm. within yeah. and that has really given us that access to, yeah, to completely. and per- it was permission actually i'd say like yeah. permission to go oh this isn't working yeah yeah. Why and how can we create something yeah. different, entirely yeah. different from what we know? Yeah. And I guess the amazing thing, like you say, as a as a as a as business owners, we're we're there and having that, and I, we're going to come on to this, I guess, with the having co-founders and someone that is a, a supportive network in that because to share that burden, I guess, of running because sometimes running a business can be quite a lonely place, can't it? You know, mm. um, you, you can. And I, I guess, did, did you still have feelings of that? like that loneliness because I guess when did you move to York then did, did you say was this due in this period after this or it was about a year before, before. Um, oh, okay. I moved in September 2020 yeah okay um, and I think that that probably like added to the feeling of separation yeah, yeah, sure, and sure. isolation yeah yeah. Um, yeah I think I think it's kind of it's kind of a two thing it's like on the one hand it really helps to have a partner mm-hmm. on the other hand especially because we are we work so well because we're so different and yeah. we complement yeah, yeah, yeah. one another. And in times of pressure, that can become yeah. corrosive rather than yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, supportive. Um, so it really, it's just about communication, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. becoming really, really, we've got that we practice radical candor as a business mm-hmm. generally. Yeah, yeah. And we had stopped doing that and stopped saying when things were becoming an issue and letting them resentments build up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So really, I mean, like what you said at the beginning of like, having a partnership being the biggest challenge yeah. it's yeah. it is the greatest yeah. gift and the biggest challenge. challenge yeah that's really interesting actually to hear that thing yeah because i because you sort of on the face of it you sort of think to yourself having a business partner someone there that you can just rely on it's not just on me to do that i know mm. i can rely but like you say there's then what comes with that the flip side yeah. is the other challenge i guess the key what i take from it and what listening to you both is communication yeah. which is, comes yeah. out of a lot of podcasts you sort of, whatever, that, whatever that looks like with leadership parents whatever yeah. it, whatever that is communication is such a key yeah. element I guess between you two is and I suppose the difficulty potentially maybe where you were both in Brighton and like you said bam man the corner from each mm-hmm. other and then having that separation just puts another another bit into the yeah. 
Mm. And with neurodiversity as well, because I, I haven't been diagnosed, but I've kind of always known I was like somewhere on the not normal spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we all I'm are, really happy yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, but it, yeah, but like it's about refinding what communication uh-huh. works because like for you, it's, it's much better to have that face to face interaction. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not massively fond of of talking on the phone or really even talking on on Zoom. So. Yeah. I'm not so it's just actually like how do we find a way that works yeah. for both of us yeah. yeah yeah completely and and I think as well like when you have a business partner and like this is what I was completely unprepared for like it's not just like you've got a work colleague yeah, yeah. it's like a significant relationship in your life like you yeah, are yeah. bound to someone your livelihood depends on each other you're financially bound you're legally bound yeah. you've got to have like an unshakable foundation of trust to be able to take risks together yeah, sure. and it's it's as major like for me it's as major as any like romantic relationship uh, and uh, of course. and that's really tricky to navigate if you haven't got a blueprint for that because it's not just like they're a colleague it's not like they're a friend it's not like they're a partner they're like all of them in one and and you've got I guess everything that you've got to do has got to be aligned and be on the same vision because if you're pulling in different directions then there's going to be an issue there isn't there and if you can't communicate and share that same vision Mm -hmm. then because ultimately I guess like to, we're, again, we're, we're sort of delve into it a little bit about culture, which is something obviously mm-hmm. I always talk about on on the podcast. Something I find really fascinating. I know, you know, I I used to run a hair salon, got the culture complete. I wasn't a hairdresser. Went in there, a preconception of what I thought a business leader should be. You know, I'm I'm quite. A, people would probably describe me as a relaxed, happy-go-lucky sort of guy. I've generally got a smile on my face. I oh, was this serious, like you know, business. <laughs> <laughs> who is this guy? Like, do you know what I mean? I just wasn't who I want to be. So, so it's you talk about culture, but then you, you've got to create a culture that you both obviously mm. buy into, and that's got to then filter down to the to the team. So being on the same page with yeah. not only the vision for the company but the culture. I mean, t- talk to me. Why well, wouldn't let's talk about about bit about the culture that you guys. It's taken a long time for um, us to get right. Hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, I mean, you're 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 sort of that to your values. You, you put. You know, you say about joy, authenticity, courage, and impact. Yeah. So, talk to me about that. Was that something from the start that you, you, that yeah. this is where this is our values. This is what we want to do. Yeah, but like I said, when there's no blueprint, you do. Human beings are computers, right? So, really, all we can ever do is play out the same thing that we've had programmed into our our brains mm. until we are shown something different, yeah. and then we have access or mm. we have divine intervention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and we created the same thing we had got out of yeah. in our previous agency. It's like quite a toxic culture, just the two of us at the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Mm. We were working for clients that did not align with our, our purpose driven, ethical business model and he didn't respect us he didn't respect us um so one christmas shortly after we started alice was really 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 not doing very well and um we went to the brighton seafront and i said to her you are in as inconsequential as a grain of sand (laughs) so so i was like thanks (laughs) i love you too true and I think it's like we, we as human beings we put so much significance on everything and it's yeah. like actually we are all as inconsequential as a grain of sand and if mm. we live our lives that way which by that I mean 
the decisions that we make aren't this colossal thing. They yeah. are they're colossal to us, of course, but in the grand scheme of yeah. things. It's like so if you can make any decision right now with the knowledge that actually this decision isn't this world breaking thing, mm-hmm. what would it be? And she was like, I'd fire all of our clients. <laughs> so Okay. Wow. (laughs) Brace ourselves. We fired all of our clients. But like one. Yeah, just before Christmas. Just before we were both about to go on month long trips at Christmas. So that was really hairy. Um, But but what happened was that we got uh, we got some work in. Oh yeah. A company um, that was based in in Turkey, but it was for a a, a global organization. Mm that was much more aligned and fit perfectly into the mm-hmm. financial hole that we had just created mm-hmm. to the actual penny. Of, yes. wow. of, it was mind-blowing, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Wow. And from that point on, we've, we've really used that as an, as an our ethos. Like, if yeah. we, are, we are as inconsequential as a grain of sand and we are all about making as much impact, mm-hmm. but we're not under any illusion, like godlike illusion that we're gonna, you know, like <laughs> change the world. <laughs> Although we would love to. Um, <laughs> but it's it's about I think it's it's really just to guide us into making the decisions that light us up, that fulfill us, that create joy for us, rather mm-hmm. than the decisions that are safe, that feel like we need to make them because ultimately that's never gonna change mm-hmm. anything. We're never gonna create what we want to create by playing it safe. Mm-hmm. Because then that's really interesting. Because then ultimately, like we start businesses, and like you said, there's no necessarily blueprint for that. But you, we we start a business, and so much of what we, what many businesses do when whatever success looks like is generally based around financial reward, isn't it? So yeah. oh, that business is doing really well because of X, Y, and Z. So there was someone I interviewed on here really a while ago, and he was, he was talking, uh, um, and she was talking about how um, potentially. If wouldn't it be great if businesses were based on their success was based on emotion as opposed mm-hmm. to uh, as yeah. opposed to and I love because there's so much the narrative out there is so strong around financial reward is what success mm-hmm. looks like yeah. and I just um, I guess I, I was one of those people 100% like if we had had this conversation when, uh, you know, 13 years ago when I started my business journey when I was 30 be a multi-millionaire you know yeah, yeah, this yeah. time next year Rodney blah 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 all that type of stuff that I was very much driven by um the ambition of owning a nice car and a big house and but but you, you when you strip that back and you go well, what am I trying to mm-hmm. achieve that for and it's not so when it's so interesting to hear that you I'm going to get rid of all our clients because that doesn't fit with the values that, yeah. that mm. then ultimately you're creating every decision you you make them moving forward mm-hmm. is based on purpose as opposed yeah. to yeah. yeah an impact and net positive impact I really yeah. like that because we talked a lot about impact haven't yeah. we actually it's about um, we all make impacts in every single thing we do yeah, and yeah. sometimes we might be like a raging bitch and quite I don't know just cutting to someone by accident because we're just in a bad mood and that's yeah. going to have a negative impact so it's yeah. like it's about being aware being conscious of your impact as a as a net yeah. Yeah, 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 as a yeah, net yeah. impact yeah. and knowing every tiny little impact that is made in every tiny little moment mm-hmm. is collected up yeah. in, into yeah. something really powerful actually yeah. and that's that's for us that's so much more important yeah, like, yeah. How, are, how do our team feel how do our clients feel how can we use any profit that we have to do good where yeah. is that good how yeah. can we know for sure that even is doing good yeah, yeah. it's a minefield out yeah, there isn't yeah, it yeah, yeah. how yeah. can we be right for us mm-hmm. how can we do right for ourselves and for each other mm-hmm. 
all of these questions are huge questions. Yeah. And we're humans, so we, mm-hmm. we get it wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. But is there still, then, let's flip that as well and go, because but ultimately, financially, we've still got to make yeah. money as a business because <clears throat> oh, we've yeah. still got to survive, mm. you've still got staff to pay, yeah. or whatever that, whatever that sort of looks. So there is, there's always got to be, there's that contradiction, a little bit of a contradiction within ourselves yeah. that we're possibly do you guys fight with that a bit in the sense that you go because uh, I'm still a strong believer that you can still do so much good and, and actually making a profit and and making money but doing good on the side yeah. of it, yeah. it isn't and it's not a bad thing to actually say well look I'm making X amount of money out of this but I'm going to do this good with it yeah. do you know what I mean and yeah, I yeah. yeah. and, and it, it is you know it is a it is a a balance to strike yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know there are there are certainly businesses out there who will put profit above everything yeah, yeah, and yeah. so they will try and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze every single bit just to make the most profit yeah, yeah. whereas we're about yeah we want to make a profit but also we want to reinvest some of that profit into charities into you know we're, we're partnered with an organization called b1g1 that allow us to have um, impacts that align with the UN's sustainability goals. So, you know, we are committed to doing that. We're committed to creating impact for, like, engagements we have on social media, for clients paying invoices, you know, for reinvesting our profits in certain ways, and then also investing that money into staff and doing nice things for our team and for each other. So we're looking after our mental well-being. So, you know, it's about, yes, we prioritise profit, but alongside that, people and planet are, are there as well. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. the more profit that we make, the more we can use, use that, that. Yeah. to make, to, to do to, good. So yeah. we, we are very much in favour of, like, people like talk about this a lot. It's like we're not against capitalism. We're yeah. against the way capitalism has become. Yeah. Yeah. And there's yeah. a really, really great book um, by... Uh, Julian Richer from Richer Sounds, called, uh, oh, okay. which is called Ethical Capitalism. Mm-hmm. And it's all about making profit, but being really conscious about, firstly, where is that profit coming from? Yep. Yep. Like, we would, for example, if tobacco, alcohol, because like I, I've had my own addiction journey and I'm very much against alcohol, so I'm not going to work with an alcohol company. Like, firearms, you know, anything where the <laughs> yeah. chain Gambling. of production... Yep damages another person if they came to us and said we're going to give you five billion pounds to do a campaign i mean like it would never happen but just to yeah, kind of yeah, illustrate yeah, yeah, sure. we would say no yeah. because that is that is in direct opposition yeah. to Conflict, our values yeah, so yeah, it's kind yeah, yeah, of sure. it's navigating by values mm-hmm. being really true and in, in integrity to that yeah. and looking for ways to make profit that align with that yeah. and there are there are loads because yeah, luckily yeah. consumers are waking up mm-hmm. no, something like 98% of, of consumers want to know that the businesses that they're spending their money on are doing good in the world yeah. and more and more and more this is a demand from businesses to be more conscious yeah. well fantastic we happen to be experts in that field so yeah. come and work with yeah. us and we'll help you to be seen and get in front of the people who resonate with your mission and your vision. Mm-hmm. And actually, we work with businesses to grow mission and vision, yeah, yeah. and then the profits naturally come because yeah. yeah, people yeah, yeah. buy into that, and then they want to be, they want to support you with their money. They yeah. want to buy from you. Yeah, and, that, and that's such a strong message as well. From, from I guess from your point of view, that's such a strong message to be able to put out there as well. These are the type of companies that we work with. And we will help you to get to that stage, yeah. and but doing it in a good yeah. because and. Uh, 
with sustainability and, and net zero and all the, all of those things that surround about looking at the, the planet that like you said we're it's far too late but we're slowly beginning to to, to wake up but it's companies like yourselves i guess that uh you know, it, you you sort of alluded to earlier. We can't. You know, we're not going to change. We're not going to change the world. But you actually can change the world. <laughs> but, but just by if we if we all thought like yeah. you do, then and yeah. we all made them slight small changes and all worked a little bit more ethically in that sort of sense. Then we can actually yeah. change yeah. the world. And it's I guess look kudos to, to to you you both for being able to to to, to do that because there are businesses out there that are, are still going down the other route and we yeah. need that mindset that narrative's got to change isn't yeah. it yeah a hundred percent um and it's you know and, and the, the benefit now i think of, of the world waking up mm. slowly still but they are waking up yeah. is that you know documentaries look at the plethora of documentaries yeah. that show you like this this company's done this or this company and government often together have done mm-hmm. this and it's not acceptable mm-hmm. like educating people on what is going on beneath the surface because we work in marketing marketing's all about the tip of the iceberg yeah. and and, walk, and talking the right talk yeah. but you just dig a tiny little bit beneath the surface and you'll see that, that yeah. they're not walking that talk so most no, of yeah. these businesses no. and i do feel i really hope that consumers are getting more and more savvy mm-hmm. doing their research looking at what's really going on beneath yeah. the surface of that and holding businesses to account yeah. in yeah. ways that never have ha- that's never been the case before and yeah. the more that we do that as consumers the more that small businesses that really mm-hmm. run this economy in this country like we yeah. are absolutely powerful as small yeah. businesses in yeah, this country yeah, absolutely yeah the more that, that there's not going to be any other choice than for the big consum- like the big commercial yeah. um, you know, horrible Corporate. mis- corporates yeah. To, yeah. to have to take note because if they don't have customers who are going to buy from them, then they're not going to be powerful yeah. for very long, are yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I mean, I want to, I want to, I want to move on slightly because we, we obviously we talked a little bit about, you know, sort of challenges and stuff that we have sort of faced. I, I'm, I'm keen to as well always look at some positive sides of stuff as well and sort of success what a couple of things really what tell me about over the last five years some achievements that you guys have had what would be your proudest moments throughout the throughout the journey so far and and define what what success looks like for you you. I think for me the fact that we're coming up to our fifth year is like a massive achievement Mm. like it you know there have been so many moments where we've both looked at each other in the last five years and gone you know what? It would just be easier if we packed it all in. And but like something has always brought us back. And I think I'm really proud of us for trusting each other, for riding that roller coaster, for sticking it out through the hard times, because I think like I'm so proud of what we've built together in The Joyful. Yeah. And I'm so excited by the team that we have and the potential that that we can see and you know those hairy moments are going to come there's hairy moments going on right now but you know we are really really focused um so I think just generally there's that pride and I think as well there was you probably know what I say is we got like an invitation through the post when we'd been in business for about a year that said you are invited to the East Sussex Women of the Year lunch and we were like with with uh, uh, HRH uh, Camilla Parker Bowles or whatever her title is, and we were just like, 
is this a joke? <laughs> so we like rang them up and we were like, is this real? And they're like, yeah, we invite like 300 women from East Sussex who are like doing great things in the county and you've been nominated. So we want to invite you Amazing. to this lunch. And we were just like... Oh my god! So we went to the Amex Stadium and like got our glad rags on and had a fancy lunch and it just, it just felt so, like just to have that recognition. I think for me was just so overwhelming and yeah. and especially as such a new business because we were so kind of new in our journey. I think that just reaffirmed that like people are noticing and yeah. supporting what we're trying to do. And, and there's um, so many, so many businesses as well. What's the statistic? How many businesses fail in that first year? Do you know what I mean? So first get, most businesses fail in the first five. five yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So, so we're like, we're so close. Is it all going to fall so, apart in the next seven months? We don't know. <laughs> I'm keen just just listen to what you said. There. I'm just keen to look at that. You said that with with the challenge and the amount of times you've maybe had that conversation, looked at each other. And gone, oh, is this like? And we all get it up many times. <laughs> what's, but what? Um, what is it? What ultimately could you n- name a couple of key things that really have stopped you to go? You know what? No, we're not gonna we're not gonna jack this in. We are. Let's keep going because of what? It's the well. First of all, I think it's really rare to meet somebody whose skill set and just personal way of working complements yeah. your, yours as much as mm. ours does with each other. Yeah. As frigging frustrating as that sometimes can be. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm like, I want to yeah, change yeah. the world. And Alice is like, but how? And I'm like, I don't. I just want to do it. Um, but also it is that sort of drive of this vision of something, a vision of how business could be, a vision mm. of how the marketing industry could be. And we haven't even scratched the surface yet. And it's like yeah. that for me is like such a, a mm-hmm. big driver. It's like, yeah, we could walk into a marketing director position in another company and do it their way. Or we could go freelance and, you know, still do it their way because you're really yeah. working for yeah, businesses. Yeah. But we want to create our way. And yeah. like and I think it's like you go through so we've gone through so much that yeah. It would be real shame to not while we while we're finally starting to get onto the bit where Amazing, we're really yeah. rolling with it to not yeah to not really go as far as it can possibly go. Yeah. And it's an ego thing usually, isn't it? When we're yeah, like, yeah. And, and, and I think as well, like, you know, there's no blueprint and we've been led to make decisions about against our gut instinct so many times where yeah. we've thought with our head and gone, on paper, this is the right choice for our business. And we've ignored that gut instinct of like, but it doesn't feel right. Something doesn't feel right. Yeah. And then we've kind of... And, and it's like, rather than kind of progression being in a straight line, it's more like a maze where you like keep hitting dead ends and have to turn around, yeah. but just trust that you're going to come back to it. And yeah. like my, a friend of mine, dear, dear friend of mine, um, when I was kind of going through some of this stuff and in the space, she said, you've got to think of it like a labyrinth where you're kind of, you're, you want to get to the centre, but you have to kind of loop round and round and round and you think you just keep hitting dead ends, but actually you're getting closer and closer towards the centre. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, oh my God. So like now I'm always like, right, it's the labyrinth. It's it's the labyrinth. And we're just, like just here dead and we're turning around, but with every time we turn around, we're getting closer and closer to the central core of what we're trying to achieve because we're we're changing direction yeah. and it, and it's so easy in that moments to hit the dead end and go do we turn around and feel like we're going back on ourselves or do we just give up 
And I guess giving up though, then you'd be stuck. Then in you'd the be stuck in the labyrinth forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I think one of the biggest like lessons we've learned in all that is like trust each other's gut instinct. Yeah. And if one of us is saying to the other one, "This isn't right," and I can't explain why, but it's not right, respecting that and trusting mm-hmm. that in yeah. each other. Yeah. So I think that's really valuable. I, again, look, I've, I've recorded what twenty-five episodes nearly now of the podcast. So many people allude to that as entrepreneurs, business owners, that, and, and we don't. Sometimes we don't listen to our gut enough. But mm. ultimately, that generally is is probably where the answer is. If we if yeah. we know something's not right or we know something is right, yeah. then you follow that yeah. path or you don't. Then yeah. I think yeah. that's, yeah, that's it, a really good advice. And it takes real courage yeah. when someone else is saying, look, my gut instinct says this is wrong. And you're like, well, well I think it's fine. Like, yeah. okay, like, what are you worrying? But then every time we've done that, it has ended up not being right. Yeah. And then yeah. the other one of us have had to go on, you know what, that was my decision. And that was, I should have put my foot down more when my gut wasn't right yeah. Yeah. so I think now we've learned if one of us says no it's an it's a no yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. I think I, I think in life in general it, it really there's so much value in, in yeah. learning to listen to yourself mm. but unfortunately we live in a world that tells us that we shouldn't listen to everything no. other than ourselves especially as, as women like it, it's it, your your understanding of yourself is so distant often yes that's when I say about uh, it being a really massive self-development journey to run a business Mm. that's really the key of it isn't it is to come back to yourself each time and and in partnership that's yeah it's also coming back to the other person too yeah Yeah. and living ultimately just living that as as business owners is is well, as, as people in general living that authentic life to who you mm-hmm. are as in what your values are and what that looks like yeah. uh, when I've done a, I recorded a mental health um, episode around mental health awareness when we was talking to I was talking to a guy called Yaron Engler and we, we he mentioned about like the, the five regrets of the dying and what that looks like and, and he said you know the key the main one was not living a life true to ourselves and who mm. we are as individuals and like you said that as as business owners you go on that journey and of self discovery almost don't we and, and and it's so I find that so fascinating that it all everyone sort of on the pocket we're all on this sort of journey but ultimately if we just live that life just as long as we're true and authentic to ourselves that's where the mm-hmm. that's where the key is i think yeah, yeah. cool um look the other things culture other bits and pieces we've talked about the, the one that i do again always like to talk about um is work-life balance something <laughs> i really really struggle with um i'm key to as well Back to I guess the mental health side of things yeah. with you, Alison. You sort of mentioned, but what what do you uh, and being diagnosed as well, Ray? Mm-hmm. Actually, you said is it that you now see some of those triggers and what do you do from a work life balance point of view? Have you guys got do, do, do you have a work life balance? <laughs> Talk to me about that. What does that look like? I have had a very unhealthy work life balance for most of my life Mm. um like even when i work for other people i would be the person staying late in the office to get stuff done and i think you were the same like Mm. working weekends and evenings to like get stuff over the line because you've been and you know that is another thing is like you know we've both worked for organizations that actively reward overworking and when people are doing unpaid overtime it's seen as oh look their dedication to the company Mm. is so great and i think that's so ingrained in us 
And then there's the whole like hustle culture and like you've got yeah. the same 24 hours in a day as Beyonce. <laughs> you know, where you're just like there's this pressure like that that I know I have felt so keenly to use every waking moment to be productive. Yeah. And I think you know, because my mental health can so easily swing between these like periods of intensive energy yeah. and then these crashing lows, when I'm in that period of intensive energy, for me, it's about learning that I still need to have breaks, even if I don't feel like I need to have breaks. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to pay the price later. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the things that has really helped me even noticeably within the last two months even though it's come with challenges um is that we've adopted a rescue dog and having another a thing in the house like i cannot just sit at my desk for eight hours and not move i can't because there is a little thing in my house that i need (laughs) to wake up for take out feed walk get fresh air you know, respond to its needs, make sure it's got water. Makes, And for me, I'm like, oh, my God, I need food and water and fresh air and exercise. <laughs> and yeah. so I'm giving I've been giving that to myself in the last like two months in a way that I have not since before the pandemic. Yeah. And that has been a real noticeable change for me. And, you know, any coach is going to look at me and be like, but you're still doing it for someone else because you're forced and it wasn't a choice. And that, and that's true. But you know what? I needed to be forced uh, because sure. the habit was so ingrained, I couldn't break it. And yep. now that I've been forced, now these feelings of like, oh, my God, I do have these needs and yeah. I do have this sense of self-worth and I do deserve this is now coming. And I think even if the dog now disappeared tomorrow, like we've got, a ha- I've got a habit now. Yeah, yeah. And that has really, like, you know, res- I resist structure and routine, and I really need it, and it really benefits me. Yeah. So there's that kind of balance to to tread as well. And you know what? I've been just as productive, even yeah. even more productive, taking walk breaks and a longer lunch and finishing work on time. Yeah. Like, and that to me has been like I had to. I had to see it happen before yeah. I would do it. That's really because I guess it's setting, it's, it's trying to set ourselves boundaries, isn't it? To be able to go, you know, that's enough. I need to have that break and setting. Yeah. But like, I, I really, like I say, I really struggle with it. I struggle with, I've, I've tried to change a narrative in my head and, and tried to go, I've always been a night owl. So I try, I've been trying to change that so I go to bed a bit earlier, um, so I could go to bed with my wife instead of staying up till one o'clock in the morning or whatever. And then I, but I'm getting up at five, so I, go, I can do a couple of hours work. But you're right, there, there's something I'm really interested about what you mentioned about the hustle culture and there's that thing out there, like you say, that. That, that narrative is, and I'll, I'll be honest, I've been guilty of it. Like you go, you know, but I'm I'm working all these hours and I'm putting in a shift and I'm 15 hour days and who am I trying? I don't know who I'm impressing nobody <laughs> by doing that, and I'm killing myself. Like it's ridiculous. So you're trying to change that. Like it's not it's not glamorized, and I think that's mm-hmm. where and it was and it has been for a while, yes. and I think possibly still is to a degree. I know that's trying to change, and I think it it really needs to because that impact. Yeah, you're right. It, you need to take that. You need to take that time. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling myself as much. Well, like I said, this becomes more therapy for me. This podcast. Yeah. That's why I try and create it. That's why I started it. But I think I think one of the things that I noticed is that because I've not really been like that. No. And where no. we've had a, a challenge is that I've had this vision of what a business 
could look like mm. and you've resisted it yes. quite a lot yep. and I think we're really finally getting there because I'm yep. just like no like I, I want us to work a four day week I yep. don't want that to be that people have to make up the time I want it to be an actual four day week where they take home the same amount that they would in a five day week just in four days yep. where they have true flexible working which means there's 24 hours in a day if you work better as a night owl crack on you don't have to work between the hours of yep. nine to five or oh don't worry you can come in an hour later and finish mm. an hour later like yep, that's not flexible. that's also not yeah, flexibility yeah, yeah. No. that's still very rigid um and what i really i've thought about this so much because my mentality has always been how can i do the best i can do with the least amount of effort <laughs> 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 and i and i've all, i've always just been like that i've just yeah. kind of always been like almost like how can i tweak the rules slightly tonight i love that and um and it you know and, and i and i also have similarly really kind of pushed myself in different areas and taken on lots and I've yeah. got a lot of energy so I have to use it up otherwise I become like unbearable yeah. um, <laughs> feel the energy with both of you in the room it's awesome. Um, it's awesome. But, uh, but, but what I've always thought was interesting is that we've got the language we use like work hard mm-hmm. like yeah. everything has to be hard and yeah. if it's hard then well done you're a good person and you yeah. deserve whatever it's like well what about ease and flow and being in your joy? Mm. What about be- feeling fulfilled in what yeah. you're doing? Like, yeah. why is that not what we strive for? Why yeah. is why is like quiet moments lying on your backs contemplating the universe? Like, that's not laziness. That's really ex- yeah. that's just that's really the the essence of being alive. And yeah. we don't, especially as business owners, we don't pro- give ourselves enough space to do that. Yeah. And the knock-on effect of that is that we also don't give our, our teams in creative industries, mm-hmm. we don't give our teams enough space to do that. We expect yeah. people to be creative on demand. And then we wonder why there's such a terrible mental health crisis in the creative industries. Yeah. And like the other thing that I think it comes down to is, is self-worth, like mm-hmm. valuing yourself. Like how do I charge right for my time is a question we get from a lot of our clients. Yeah, sure, sure. And it's like, when you undervalue yourselves, then of course you're always chasing the clock. Of course you're yeah. trying to suck every single minute of every single day from your team because that you need to, to be able to yeah. keep the business running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charge what you're worth and then it's, a, yeah. a, and not be kind of, you know, obviously a lot of corporations charge what they're worth or, and some yeah. and still suck the, the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and there's a few people who benefit from that in the organization. Yeah. But, but actually, for us, we're not out for like huge, huge riches. We're out for what we, what we need and what our team need yeah. and the space. Yeah. And a sustainable business in the truest sense of the word, in that you're not using up people so that they leave, you're yeah. nurturing them so that they want to continue being part of the organization and and part of that journey and you know what we're really working on at the moment is creating like a joyful charter which outlines for anyone coming into the organization any of our clients how we work how we structure our time flexibly and like for, for me personally like now that we've gone into the process of like you know I want this structure to know what I'm doing and Sophie like is like has this vision of this free and easy we're like okay so how can we put some parameters around yeah. the free and easiness to enable that free and easiness. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that's structured where the structured freedom. And that's where <laughs> structured freedom. And so that's where the concept of the charters coming in, which is basically here is what 
you know, here here is the freedom and the autonomy that you have. Yeah. And we expect you to step into that autonomy in terms of your own responsibility and your own integrity. Yeah. And here is what, you know, we expect from you. And yeah. as long as that is being met, you've got you've got your got freedom, freedom to, 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 you know, work that around. And, and it's not for everyone. No. Like it really yeah, isn't. Yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people don't want that. They want... Some they people need actual structure. Yeah. Some people yeah. need that structure. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I guess as business owner entrepreneur, we don't necessarily need it as much. Maybe because we're always doing wearing different hats and you go and do yeah. different things and you're juggling. So it's, it's difficult to always sometimes have that structure. But other people don't have that. Decide not. I don't want to. Uh, run my own business I want to be an employee yeah. and I need someone to yeah. put some structure in place yeah. for me to do that so yeah you're right I think yeah. there's there, there, there's a balance but how, how do you I'm keen to know what would the what were you just sort of saying Sophie do you do you find it easy then to switch off like from a from the, even from business you're able to go yeah. you're saying about lying there on a um you know lying there thinking about the universe what I find I really do. interesting because I, 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 one of my guests was Camille Pearson, who's done uh, who yeah, the float spa. Yeah, yeah. um, and she mentioned to me about that, and I was thinking, I need to go down and do that. And like my wife's it's done great. it, and she loves it, yeah. And, it's uh, really great. And every, but I, I find it really difficult to do that, to lie there and, and not... Because like, like you sort of mentioned about product, I think I'm not being... I could be productive, and I, I, but I'm really I'm working so hard to change that narrative in my head that I need to find. I go for a run most mornings, and that's my way of trying to switch off. But don't necessarily like. How do you do? What what's the way? Like you get to the end of the day, and you'll go right. I'm not answering that email or whatever. I'm yeah. gonna just be able to. Park I mean, and I don't. Off. I don't always master it and I think it is a practice. Mm. So like I used to have it even, and sometimes I still do, even if I sleep in, I'm a morning person. Yeah, yeah. So even if I sleep in past like half past six, I'll feel guilty about it. I've, <laughs> I've had that experience, it's just really ridiculous. Yeah. But um, but it's, I think it's kind of a combination of being becoming really aware of my thoughts mm. and, and in my journey with sobriety, that's really been part of that, of like being really aware of my thoughts, really mm. aware of like what's going on inside myself that might trigger me to have a binge or what have you. Yeah. And that's been a really long sort of four year journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say it's not about ever mastering it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of being okay with the fact that sometimes it's not gonna be an easy road. It's definitely not a linear one. Yeah. Um, and like, I do a lot of yoga, like a lot. Like this week I'm down from York and I've got an awfully busy schedule with a lot of different people and mm. I'm someone who takes on people's energy. So I know, okay, I need to have at least one night just to myself. So I've booked myself into a hotel with mm. not seeing anyone and I need to do yoga. So I found yoga in every place that I'm staying. Nice. And I know that that's what I need. So it's really about me being completely 100% accountable to my own energetic needs against anything else because without that I'm at risk of like and it you know and it kind of it's interesting because I I'm here as well to do a podcast about addiction so I've been Mm -hmm. doing loads of research into addiction and the interesting side of having something like that or having um you know something to do with mental health Mm -hmm. um and when you have a proper breakdown and you have to rebuild yourself it actually is such a gift because you become You ha- you become you have to be so accountable to the tools. Like it's not it's not like a nice to have. It's so like my ability to function relies on this. My life maybe even relies on yeah. this. And I think that's been the journey for me. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time, like in an evening, I might find myself tempted to like look on the you know my email or what have mm-hmm. you. 
But when I decide to, you know, when I'm going on holiday and I decide to switch off completely, mm. like my central nervous system often takes a little bit yeah. of time to, to unwind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But once it does, I'm like, I'm even thinking about this at all, not even for a single yeah. second. And then I have to get back to work and I'm like, okay, brain, now we need to turn back <laughs> on again. <laughs> but does, I guess that, that sort of side of it potentially is that, again, like, Back to probably the benefits of having a, a business yeah. partner when you go, right, I need that time out, as you did when you was obviously straight. But e- even when it yeah. comes to something like holidays, for example, you're yeah. able to go, I'm going away. Alice, you've got yeah. this. I'm going to switch off for a week. Yeah. That vice versa. really does make a difference, yeah. a big difference. And like when it was just the two of us, that, was, that made a huge difference. But mm. now we've got an amazing team. Mm. Our whole ethos is about self-governing teams, so yeah. there is no hierarchy. Yeah. We're looking into having um, moving our business to an employee-owned model, so that it truly is like a holacracy in how we operate. Yeah. Every single person in there, 100% trust, and yeah. they they just they just step in. And actually, I've we've got in trouble because sometimes like we might take some time off and then we'll be like checking in and we've got in trouble from our team. Yeah. They're like, all you're doing is making us think that you don't trust us and it's yeah. really like horrible, so can you stop it? We're like, all right, we'll just go back to the yeah. pool then. Yeah. Wow. Not yeah. to worry. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What a great place to be. What a great place <laughs> yeah. to be that you've got to, because again, back to that, that culture thing that you've created a culture then where, like you say, trust is such a big word that yes. comes out of that, that you trust the team to... Yeah. To deliver on what, so you can take that time out and ultimately trust them to do a, yeah. to do a great job. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. but you've obviously created that culture within there that you within that team that they all do and they believe that they can yeah. they can do that and you're allowing them to make. Yeah. 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 And it's just also like being really accountable ourselves. So one of our team is off at the moment. She's been off for the last week, mm. and there's been a few times where we've had to ask her to like send us some information that we didn't have. Mm. And so I, so I said to her, like, I really under, I understand that you've had, even if it's just five minutes, yeah. you've had your time off interrupted several times this week. Mm. So have another day off, not, yeah, yeah. not necessarily in the space of this week, but whenever you want it, yeah, yeah. because you haven't been able to fully switch off because we've asked yeah. you questions, we should have not been doing that, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just, it's just really, I think it's just about, it's, it's trust and respect, like yeah, yeah. really respecting each other's boundaries yeah. and then also trusting others when they tell you to respect your own boundaries which yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. is a big thing for yeah. us too yeah amazing amazing well um well look we're, we're just coming towards the end i want to and it's been fascinating chatting to you both um just tell me what what, what does the future hold for the joyful world domination no <laughs> <laughs> or maybe <laughs> or maybe it does <laughs> keep joking that we're going to start a cult so maybe we'll be cult leaders in <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> I think I would be a really great benevolent dictator um, <laughs> we're going to oust Boris and take the country over no I think for us it's about um, or it, it all comes down back comes back down to growing the impact that we can have yeah, so sure. you know continuing to grow in the sense of you know we don't want some like massive agency with like hundreds of team members but you know we would like to grow our team by a few more people and support you know bigger businesses that can have a bigger impact mm-hmm. as well as enabling that for us to continue supporting small startups and solo entrepreneurs which we're really passionate about yeah. so for us it's about navigating how we structure our offering 
to have as much impact on as many businesses as possible through their brand communications, marketing campaigns, and getting them out there living their purpose in the world. Yeah, so with that in mind, because the agency supports bigger organisations, we are creating um, the Joyful Academy, which supports smaller organisations and trains them to be able to empower themselves. And then um, we're also launching this year the Joyful Leaders, which is more one-to-one development and support for people who... Uh, well, where we were when we first yeah. started, kind of mm. lost on yeah. a beach, deciding they were as inconsequential as a grain of sand. <laughs> and <laughs> firing all their clients, yeah. going, what do I do now? <laughs> and then we have the Joyful Business Network, specifically focusing initially in Yorkshire, where right. I think there's a real real need for that support for, yeah. uh, for ethical conscious businesses yeah. and their leaders. Yeah. Um, so we're just basically looking at different ways to diversify our offering to support as many people as, as we possible. possibly can. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Well, look, it's been, as I knew it would, a fascinating conversation. Thank you both so much Thank for you. your openness and honesty. Has, has, you know, has been brilliant and uh, I'm really grateful for that. Um, we're going to round up, obviously, as we do with a, a couple of sort of a quick fire question and then I have st- one I have stolen from um, Stephen Bartley he does the where on the diver CEO where he asked his previous guest to, to ask a question so <laughs> I've got a, a, a question for my previous guest but firstly just want to um, what one piece of advice would you give to your 18 year old self uh just don't worry about the future so much. It's it's gonna be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, think. I echo that. I echo that. Mine would be stop handing over your power. Trust mm. in yourself and stop putting so much importance on what other people think of you. Mm. Amazing. I, I would that. say that too. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Can you speak to my 18-year-old self? Yeah. 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 I speak to my 34-year-old self too with that. Hello, I am your business partner of the future. <laughs> Everything will be okay. <laughs> I love that. Right. So, one of my previous guests has left a question for you. So, if time, money, and your concern for other people's opinion wasn't a problem, oh. what would you be doing with your life and business right now? <laughs> just throw that one in there <laughs> <laughs> don't worry I'm gonna get, you can get your own back on the next guest I, I honestly I really I mean it when I say it, I probably would be doing exactly what we're doing like I feel like I'd yeah I'd probably be actually I would I would be more I would be speaking out more which we are on on the kind of yeah, on the the, the sort of uh, process of doing, yeah. I'd be doing exactly as we're doing, just more visible with it, louder, yeah, more obnoxious, <laughs> yeah, um, telling America to get a grip, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think similarly for me, I think without that fear, without without any financial fear, without yeah. any fear of what other people think, yeah. I think yeah, just be way more out there, way more. Bold, oh. take more risks, yeah. And, yeah, sure. and and I think you know consistently with I think both of us, we're very very good both of us. I hope it's okay to say of giving the impression that like we don't care what other people think and we're really fearless. Yeah. Whereas actually, <laughs> we do care what people think and we do come up against and navigate our fears quite a lot. Yeah. And and I and you know and I think we maybe do push the boundaries more than uh, you know more than many people do, but. 
you know, Still we we up. know that we could do so much more. It's, uh, uh, yeah, it's really interesting because I think, look, uh, ultimately, I think we're all a little bit like that. We're yeah. all, you know, mm. I, I'd like to say, oh, yeah, I don't care really. Well, of course, we, we do care what people think. Ultimately, yeah. we don't, yeah. you know, we, we go through it. If we're ultimately, if we're nice people, we want to be liked, I guess, from yeah. other people. But it is, it's becoming, I've, I've, as I've, when I was younger, I really worried about that a lot more mm, than oh, I yeah. did. Oh, I was, oh, no, someone's got the hump with me. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, not so much. But you, that just becomes, I think, as you get a bit older yeah. and wiser and, you know, mm. don't care as much. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that you say it because I, I, I'd, I'd agree with... I'd like to be that person that goes, oh, I'm going to just absolutely speak my mind all the time yeah. and not yeah. worry too much about yeah. what other people say. Yeah. But it's, it's you know, yeah. we've all got these feelings and totally. emotions and stuff. That, totally. That, that makes and those it, feelings yeah. and emotions give more empathy like I always say this when I'm doing public speaking that confidence is a skill it's not a personal attribute and that I shit my pants every time I do anything publicly and people and I'm a burlesque dancer as well and people are like how come you're so confident and I'm like I'm faking it yeah (laughs) it's not it's you know I still have that same rhetoric in my head everyone does and I think that's really important to Yeah. have that knowledge for people when they're yeah. starting out as well yeah completely and and you know i think as well like going back to to the question the crux of what both of us care so passionately about is supporting other people to achieve their dreams yeah so when we're working with other business owners through teaching skills through empowering through creating and holding a space for them to explore and come up with ideas and then supporting them to to put all of that in action what we're really doing and what we great get great fulfillment from is seeing the business owners being like wow this is like you've brought to life what was in my head and I couldn't articulate Mm -hmm. and so I think for me like I would always want to do a job that gave me that feeling same I just wish I would just want to be that more ourselves. Yes, yes. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> what a lovely way to finish. It's brilliant. Listen, like I said, from the bottom of my heart, thank you both so much. It's thank been you. absolutely thank fascinating. You. Loved it. Can't wait to share this episode. So thank, thank you. you for coming on. And um, as they say, that is a wrap. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>